and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. You may have missed us last week because we were planning to do this review last week and uh, some people weren't, uh, weren't weren't fully caught up. Come on. Well, blame Daryl. I was two episodes away. Like, I, I mean, listen, I didn't get even yeah. that much more cut up, honestly, but we can talk about that. It's kind of binary, right? Like I didn't finish. So it doesn't matter to what extent I didn't finish, but right. I did better than Daryl. It was yes. also a situation where I was being a little bit selfish because Jordan was like, we can still do the review. I just don't want to be spoiled for the ending. And I was like, I don't want to talk about this if I can't spoil it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, but you it's can not spoil that it now. Spoily. I don't care. Everyone can spoil yeah. the hell I mean, you out can, of it for me. I think probably, you can kind of guess what happens, right? Like I just, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can guess what happens. I'm not, right. I'm not dumb unless they really pull. Bridgerton frickin- isn't known for like curveballs. Yeah. But the uh, this is sort of uh, a blessing to our listeners and to ourselves in the sense that it's now been two weeks since the Oscars. And so we just don't need to talk about any of that. We can just forget it all happened. Move on straight to our review. Nothing happened there as per usual. (laughs) Right. Super normal. Super normal award ceremony. Yeah, I mean, normal for 2022. I feel like actually this is the new normal. Get ready. We're devolving. These are unprecedented times. There's lots of precedents now. <laughs> They're now very extremely precedent. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, so Bridgerton second season came out a couple weeks ago. Um, I, because I mean, I loved the first season. I devoured season two. It sounded like you guys were not quite as crazy about it. Well, yeah, I was, I was into it. I mean, oh, okay. I was not as into it because I do think that. What's his name? Jean Rene, Rene Jean. Yeah. Yeah. Rene Jean. One of those. Page, I believe. Rene Jean Page is like hard to look away from. Or and Reggae like, Jean Page. Yeah. Yeah. Reggae Jean Page. Okay. Um, I just think he's mesmerizing. Like, I don't even care what he's doing. He's just like so nice to look at. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was a big draw. And I also really liked the character of the now she's the duchess but um daphne yeah so i thought like as two central figures in the show like kind of no matter what was going on it was like fun to watch along with them whereas i'm i was less enamored with our a plot this time yes however i thought the subplots were much more interesting this time i don't know what the plots were well, Eloise was one of them, uh-huh. and also um, Lady Whistledown herself uh, was another one of them. Yeah, and the Feather Downs or whatever. The, the Feathering Tins. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I thought all of those were actually relatively interesting and like not as expected. I think the A plot was like completely, you could guess from the end of episode one, you're like, okay, I know what's happening. And how this will end but the b plots were like hmm, i don't know yeah that's i think that's fair i mean i definitely found the b plots now that you remind me of them more interesting than the a plots uh, at least the one i think the featherington one was maybe the most interesting i just liked that and every time i got to that it was kind of like a welcome 
respite i almost like the a plot really ground me down and that's why i didn't finish i was like i absolutely do not care about this i I see exactly where it's going i'm not really that interested in these characters they don't seem to have any chemistry like none of it really mattered to me so i was like i'm not i don't care and then yeah the b plots would kind of wake me up because i'd be like oh yeah these are interesting people and then they would go back to the other thing and there was just some stuff that was laughably dumb in this one too like i don't think that the other one extended into that mm. um and we can talk about that more <laughs> i mean it's also remembering like a year and a half so, yeah, yeah i know it's true maybe i am but i the other one i just remember being very compelling like i was like really like oh i'm just really following this and then this one i was like not feeling that at all at any point but i think it's really hard the format wise the way they've chosen to do it where they like I mean, we know now we have a much clearer picture of what they're trying to do here, which it feels like we're following the Bridgerton family with its brood of whatever, nine children. Infinite through children. Mm-hmm. You know, through nuptial season every year, right? And yeah. we'll get a new one each season. And so we went from Daphne to Anthony this year. Um, I don't know. I but think he seemed—he just Eloise... seemed much more interesting last year. I don't oh, know. Oh, interest. Oh, because I—I would argue that last year, Anthony was in a lot of ways the least likable character. Yeah, he was I, I would not say maybe least likable, but more more interesting. I, I, less likable, but more interesting is what I would say. Mm. But I guess you can't make him so unlikable and then have him be the protagonist. Well, I also I like. There's a lot of contradictions. I mean, we can get into this more at spoilers, but like how he behaved last season is completely contradictory to his entire ideology this season. Yeah. And and I think that was like painted as like him having some kind of a f- realization. Like he went through a transformation and then he took it to the extreme. Right. I don't right. know. I think we'll need spoilers in order to have this conversation more yeah, in depth because yeah. I don't know what you're talking about really anymore. So I guess what I would say about the the comparison between the two seasons is that um, in a lot of ways, the first season was much more unconventional and unpredictable because, so the, you know, I guess the short version of the pitch for Bridgerton, which I have to imagine most people know at this point because it's the most popular show on Netflix, but um, except for Squid Game, um, it, mm-hmm. it's essentially, it's Jane Austen, but with uh, people of color and more sex. And yeah in the first season i mean a, i mean not just, really this season right it was so like more sex yeah. scene. what the hell <laughs> there's more sex in the first season and also there's this uh much more unconventional plot i am going to spoil the the plot of the first season because i just think it's impossible to talk yeah, about yeah it's sex stupid yeah. yeah so um that essentially our main characters i mean in the in the at the first episode they do a sort of classic romantic comedy plan where they're like we're going to pretend to be courting each other to make other people interested in us and then you're like well of course they're going to fall in love with each other and that does happen but it happens on this much more accelerated timeline where basically they're married at the halfway through the season and i remember just thinking what where is this going how what happens next the problem for me there was that i was the plot that they did come up with was not one that i was particularly invested in or interested mm-hmm. in which was basically that Daphne then becomes very upset when she realizes that her husband, um, uh, Simon, he doesn't want to have children. Not that right. he can't. She yeah. thinks that he is 
physically incapable of producing children. In reality, he's sworn an oath out of hatred to not produce children. Right. But I think for like compelling reasons, like that, that I found that I I really want to compare this with like the, the sort of like dark or the secret reason why people are the way they are in this one because i think they're directly comparable and this one's very stupid whereas that one is at least yeah interesting Mm -hmm. but i think the other difference is simply that so it it is like yeah sort of like a different kind of plot structure and a much more unconventional plot structure in the first season and the second one it's the setup is that um anthony uh, who is the eldest son in the Bridgerton family has decided he's actually finally going to get married and um, sets his sight on um, Edwina Sharma. Lady Edwina Sharma. Miss Edwina Sharma. She's not a lady so yet. Oh, that's right. Uh, who has sort of, because her she grew up in India, but she and her sister and mother have returned to London society. And basically he needs to win Kate, her elder sister's blessing in order for, uh, in order for the marriage to be approved. And it becomes immediately apparent that he and Kate are incredibly attracted to each other. And so you can map out the the whole A plot from that. And I think Mm -hmm. they handle it really well. I mean, I think some people might not agree, but for me, it was, it was all done really well, but it's very much like you, you, you know, the starting point, and the end point, and there's not a ton of huge surprises in between. And so the pleasure is, is less about the unpredictability and the unconventionality, but more just seeing that kind of romance plot executed. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of my, I think where I kind of agree with Daryl in this one is that like what bound Daphne and the Duke was this, very real like chemistry that wasn't necessarily about like how their lived experiences were the same, but more that like she had this insane empathy, but also this kind of like fieriness and ability to snap back. And he had this really rough exterior with a deep softness on the inside. And they were kind of figuring out each other's differences and similarities in a way that had a ton of chemistry. Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like Anthony and Kate, their chemistry essentially just comes from similar experiences in life and their roles in their family. And it doesn't feel any deeper than that. Like, Oh, we're the same. So we're both competitive. Oh, we're the same. So we both feel this way about this. Right. Like, Oh, we're both arrogant. Oh, we're both stubborn. Like, which doesn't is, isn't as fun to watch, especially given like how drawn out the tension was like, because Mm -hmm. they couldn't, they didn't move into like a second phase of the plot love the a plot the a right. plot stretched throughout the entire season so because of that it's drawn out tension with two people that like i'm not fascinated by their love it's fine i'll watch it like but it's more aggravating to watch because you're not getting the good bits of it you're only getting the tension and the repression which is why again i was like much more drawn to the b plots and i felt like my other commentary kind of in this vein is that I feel like the B plots, because now we have a second season and we understand kind of more about the format of the show, the B plots were more interesting this year also because they set up what could be expected. Like we could place wagers on who will be the A plot of next season and we can Mm. kind of get an idea of where it's going, right? Like, is it Colin? Is it Eloise? Is Eloise going to be 
you know, <laughs> is she going to go with a standard way or not? Right. Like I, it, that stuff was more interesting because it was making me think, okay, next season could be really good. I mean, season two is always a building season. So I feel like they just threw Anthony in there and we're like, let's just do something pretty straightforward. Yeah. So this one had me, I came up with like a, a crazy theory as I was watching this where I was like, maybe nothing should ever have more than one season anymore just across the board i think we might be <laughs> no yeah we're at a point Wrong. where it's just this is the this is what we have this is our attention span first stuff and this is what like we can't sustain our attention longer than a season and no matter what that's what everything should should stop at i think not like that extends to creators and audiences no i'm just sticking with it that's the whole theory now forever i think you're wrong i'm gonna go and find all of your favorite latter seasons (laughs) and rub them in your face (laughs) that was the past we all changed our brains changed now can i tangent real quick just like random (laughs) throw in a question has anybody seen c season two of course yes oh you watched the second season (laughs) yes interesting it was excellent it was 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 better than the first yeah but it was almost like they were just like i don't like let's just do this show over again who gives a shit like that what i like about shows like c is they're kind of like yeah stuff happened i don't know this what this season is going to be different and different stuff's going to happen and who cares? Like the premise is the same, but like we don't really need to dwell on what went on. Well, last I mean, season. when you build a universe, I mean, there, I, I could do a whole episode on C season two, to be honest, because I noticed so much more in the second season, all of the inconsistencies. Yeah. I'm like, why do you need this if you're blind? Like, why are there ever candles lit? That's a good question. You're all it's blind people. Atmosphere. It's like the smell. They're smell candles. Come on. They're not smell candles. No, not they're not <laughs> smell candles. 100%. They're just there for us, the cameras. Mm. There's no reason why we would ever light candles in a building full of blind people. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I think that <laughs> the, to weirdly tie it back to this, this, this one, this season of the show in the same way was like, just completely full of these ridiculous inconsistencies of like why are they why is this even a problem that i felt like it was just trash like that that may and maybe it is just like when you're paying closer attention to a thing because you're not so like you don't need to do it the basic world building you more of the flaws Mm -hmm. are exposed but Mm -hmm. i had similar feelings with this season for sure right i think there's also a thing um where they talk about, I think in both writing and movie making is sometimes like, is if, if you're starting to focus on those kinds of details and whether they make sense, that's also just a sign that the main storyline isn't really engaging uh, you enough. Yeah. Like I, I remember, uh, I guess maybe the, one example of that, that I really like is apparently when they were making the original star Wars at one point, Mark Hamill's like, Hey, shouldn't our hair be like really wet and like messed up? Cause we just came out of the trash compactor and Harrison Ford responded, Kid, if they're looking at our hair at this point, we're totally like we're in real trouble. This movie is not going to work. Oh my goodness! How did Harrison Ford know that? Because all he he was just a party dude who was a carpenter, but I guess he had good fundamentals. Wow! Just shit on Harrison Ford for no reason, <laughs> random. No, but isn't that? True? Well, there was like a him. story recently where he was like just a guy who was around on set, and you could get drugs from him, and man, he was a carpenter, and then they were yeah, like, he's been through some real shit. Him. Yeah, um, it's probably what makes him such an. an incredible artist it probably is that's true drugs equals good art folks remember kids remember children 
drugs will lead to great art. I had the same one season thought because I just finished the first season of Severance on Apple TV Plus. I think it's a great it? show. It's it's I'm good. Loving it I, so I far. Should... I haven't finished it, but I, we should definitely do an episode on it. I love yeah, it, but... Uh-huh. but my thought on that is that's actually a classic one season concept, and that they mm. should have just wrapped up the whole story. Even though I think actually the the finale is great. And it's a great setup for a season two. There's a part of me that's just like, yeah, you could have like just done the whole story in eight episodes and that probably would have been even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but bringing that to Bridgerton, and I, I completely understand that I am in the minority, not just on this podcast, but I think in the world, uh, I like season two better. I was like, I found the, the central romance far more compelling mm-hmm. and frankly wow, sexier. Why? And like, cause it's just like, I think I'm just really into brooding, attractive people staring at each other and not acting on their desires. Oh, that's my. That's I mean, my they kink, did that so. for a while in season one, but then they started having sex. Then you get which, the like, right, and that's that's when then, my interest yeah, route man died. gets paid. Like, you know, that in my head, season one is like four really good episodes, and then four episodes that are there. Oh, okay. You want the perpetual? Okay, fine. Don't watch sex, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the rest of us are enjoying that but whatever (laughs) especially since it wasn't so male gazy and stuff it was actually like i don't i mean it's it has been given credit i was about to say it doesn't get enough credit for being so but it does it gets tons of credit for not being Mm -hmm. so like tits and ass all the time right right um yeah i did not find season two as compelling as season one but there were pieces of it that were certainly delightful. And I, you know, for what, it, for what it's worth, for the fact that like, I didn't really care about Kate and I didn't really care about Anthony and I didn't really care about Edwina. And yet the tension of their love triangle, I mean, I kept watching it, right? So that says something. It does say something about you. Shut up, season two. <laughs> By the way, I also am watching Servant just to round out our three non-Bridgerton shows that start with an S. Oh, okay. And and are all on Apple TV Plus. Yes. Apple <laughs> yeah. TV Plus is like is like I think it's like Stout a slow burn. Like it's just really because mm-hmm. Slow Horses, another S show on Apple TV is supposed to be quite good. Four, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, I mean I do think Apple TV Plus is like I don't know about you guys, but psychologically what I've been doing is like I open my Apple TV. There's Netflix right in the middle. HBO is on the far right. Got Hulu and Disney in the two and this four position. This is your position. top bar, right? This is my top bar. So yeah. from left to right, it's Apple TV plus Hulu, Netflix, Disney plus HBO Max, uh-huh. which is actually more of a color scheme thing. Like they fade into similar colors, but Netflix is right in the middle. And every time I open the TV, it starts on Netflix. And I'm like, nah, I don't know why. I think I just have like a little bit of Netflix fatigue. Like there's so much there. And like, yeah. and I don't want Hulu because I think of Hulu as live TV. So I either go for extremes on the ends, HBO Max or Apple TV Plus. And normally it would be HBO Max. But I think I'm like, there's not anything super new right now that I that's like caught my attention or eye. Yeah. And so I've I been think- leaning into Apple TV Plus And it's just like... There's stuff there. I think if that that is the one, because there's lots of like, I've seen lots of cr- commentary and thought pieces about how Apple's not thinking about it the right way in terms of their marketing. Like people, especially Hollywood people, are like complaining that like Apple is treating it like a like a like a gadget as, as opposed to like 
uh, a media product in terms of the marketing and uh, release plans and promotion and everything. And like, this is celebrities complaining about it, right? But like, mm-hmm. for me, it's actually quite, it's better. And I think that it's, it's the, what you're talking about. It's like, they're very consistent with their releases. They come out, they, now anyways, they seem to have built up the buffer enough that they come out consistently and they have like a pretty even level of quality that like i think continues to increase whereas the other ones are all lumpy and like who knows and you get what you get Mm -hmm. although netflix just released um the best show of all time the ultimatum the ultimatum oh i started it last night yes it's very 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 good we're so far off tangent here but we've given (laughs) listeners a preview of all the many things we'll be talking about (laughs) yeah we'll be talking about a lot in the future well let's let's look yeah so getting back to Bridget (laughs) um of the various b plots which it sounds like overall at least Jordan you you liked better and and I liked most of the b plots this season too um was there a favorite that you had or one that you didn't like well I'm just a huge Eloise fan Mm mm-hmm See, I feel like they didn't do Eloise any favors in this season, but maybe you didn't watch far enough. No, yeah, because I only got to halfway through. I'm on. I've finished episode four, and so Eloise, far it feels like they haven't done anything with it really. Eloise's story is comes to life in the last. I, I completely agree, half yeah. of the season, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's really good. I think are we are we in spoilers yet or no? No, no we should yet. go there soon. I think. We should go there soon. Yeah, I liked Eloise's story the best one because I think she's probably the most interesting and like lovable character combined, right? Because like there are a lot of interesting characters that are not likable, like Mrs. Featherington or the new Lord Featherington or even um, what is Lady Whistledown's real name? What is that girl's? Penelope. Penny? Penelope. Penelope. Yeah. I don't like, I know I should be on her team, but I'm just not like, there's something about her that like irks me. Like it's very like. It's because she's a journalist. No one yeah, likes maybe. journalists. I hate Colin. I think Colin's interesting, but I fucking hate him. Like oh, I I don't think Colin's interesting either. I think Colin's just no. Colin's he's so unlikable. Loser. He's like the he gets guy... a little bit more to do at the end, but still he he's the least no. interesting to me. He's just he's the worst wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. And, and but he's like too. the like, most annoying Benedict's... version of that because he's done like a couple things that he thinks are interesting and then he won't shut up about them at the party. Yeah, like, he like yeah, here, it makes it guy. even worse. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Benedict tries to be interesting, but I just don't care. Um, and then I think the mom is pretty great too. I really like watching the mom, but Eloise is by far my favorite. She's got mm-hmm. a quick tongue, quick wit, and she doesn't give a shit about what is expected of her societally she's like always clapping back at the man but she also has like a pretty good moral compass like she knows what it means to be a good friend she's like pretty loyal you know agree with all of this i like her and so as her i i'm hoping that next season is not about fucking colin and that it's about eloise and her choices because what if it's about the last two what are they the you know, well, there's the Benedict and Colin. I think those are all of the ones no, no, of age. But as, oh, yeah, I guess. They well, might be as too we young. go on. Yeah, I think they're too young to be next season, but they'll probably Gregory, I think, and Hyacinth. I don't know who F is. A, B, C, D, E. I don't know who F is. Francis, I Franklin. I, I didn't know that they were al- alphabetical. Oh, I had no idea. 
This is blowing Wait, my you mind. guys didn't realize that they were alphabetical? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anthony Benedict Colin, Daphne Eloise F, Hyacinth, Gregory. And I don't know who the last one is. I think there's one more. ABC, Maybe F, F is a secret character. You have to be revealed who is dead. A ghost one. Or one that ran away and then no one talks about them. That'd be good. As we talked about this, I just brought up the the list of um the the bridgerton novels um so mm-hmm. I, I can tell you who seasons three and four are going to be about if they follow them tell me they probably will uh so uh book three is about benedict and sophie wait who's sophie? i don't know who sophie is okay she's probably introduced in yeah. in the next season and then book four is colin and penelope oh <laughs> eloise Whoa. <laughs> doesn't get paired up until book five. I think I would like Colin and Penelope finally figuring their shit out, but the fact that they don't makes me hate them over time. So if we don't do that soon, yeah, I won't care. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I feel like it's hard to imagine that at the end of season three, you're not just gonna be like, "Why? How can there be a full season after three seasons of build up towards Colin yeah. and Penelope?" Yeah, they just look. Yeah, I don't think they'll go with the books. I would be shocked if next season was about Benedict. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I really thought at the end of season one, I was like, wow, the next season's going to be about Anthony. Like that, uh, that's going to be unbearable. Like because he's unbearable. Hmm. Uh, Clearly, for some people, that kind of turned out to be the case. (laughs) For me, it did not. Um, We should spoil it up. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. It's time. All right, so if you have not watched the entire second season of Bridgerton and you do not want to know what happens, which, again, parenthetically, it's a very classic romance, so I don't think we're going to be surprising you too much, but totally up to you. You should stop listening if you don't want to be spoiled. So, yeah, let's if you're spoiled, get your head checked out. Come on. Okay, here's how I'll start with my first spoiler-based conversation. I can just go in randomly, right? Or do you uh-huh. want me to? Yeah. No, can I, it has to be about Bridgerton or I can't talk about Servant anymore. <laughs> yeah, let's let's say okay, let's say I'm Bridgerton. We can okay. do a servant episode if you want. Best yeah, I do. Best curveball of this season is the attraction between Lord and Lady Featherington. Yes. Oh I was like, what is happening? Oh, that is good. Yeah. I didn't know that like, happens. So I essentially, like Daryl, over time, you know, like Lady Featherington is trying to get Lord Featherington to marry one of his one of her daughters because yeah he has money and that way he won't marry someone else who will then kick them out right because if he marries someone else and yeah, she'll so be like she, get these other women out of here I don't like it exactly so she tricks them into going into like an unchaperoned situation at a yes. party and then everyone Scandalous. catches them and is like you must wed her or her honor whatever so he's like fine and then eventually they reveal to each other she's like i didn't want you to bring in another chick and get rid of us and throw us out on the street and he was like the only way i could ever take care of all of you is if i marry someone rich all my shit's because i'm broke yeah Yeah. like my rubies aren't rubies they're just like little you know claire's all of his mines are empty yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so but but in doing so they realize that they both have the same scheming minds and Lord Featherington, they, they team up together to like swindle the, the, the tongue, 
they decide they're going to get the whole ton to invest in his mines. Yeah. And they'll figure it out later, which like, they're not the best schemers because that well, doesn't have an end that works out right. for anybody. Kind of short like eventually, term. They only yeah, have yeah, very, step A in their scheme. And then it's just yeah, like, they're like, we don't know what happens next when they ask for returns. Like we'll figure that out later. Um, but in doing so in like scheming and backstabbing, he's like, I'm into you. Like you're, you're, he cool. likes schemes. Yeah. I really like you. You're a smart lady. I'm into it. And they have this budding attraction. And then even better lady Featherington for the win here. She's like, fuck you. I'm not going to leave my kids for you. Cause his plan is like you and I, we should all just leave town together and we'll go start a new life in the Americas. And she's like, Oh, that's no. a good plan. Actually. I'm not going to take my kids then they away. Get rid of those annoying yeah. ass kids. God, I'm going to keep your, plan. well then no Penelope. What is it? What's your plan here? But she essentially says, you'll be sent off. You'll be in ruin. We'll blame it all on you. I'm going to keep the money. I'm going to keep the girls and we'll figure it out. And he's down with that plan? No. She no, just but like she's... doesn't give him an option. She like oh. blackmails him. Okay. Right? She says, who, you know, why would anyone believe you? I'm just going to tell them that uh, you tricked me. And um, Oh, smart. She wins the game. Why would they believe it. that a silly little woman is in on this? Like, that's what right. she says. Like, and then she forged some documents, too, um, to that effect. And yeah. what what the other thing I really like about that resolution is that when he leaves, you can see that she's actually really upset and that because to her, I think personally, she was very tempted to go with him because she was also right. into I think him. so too. But she understood that that was the wrong choice for her daughters. And so she chose her daughters over her own Damn. Uh, thirst it was for a, him. It was a good season for understanding the mothers a bit more, I'll say. Like, I think we got a fuller, more dynamic Lady Featherington. And we also got to see some of the flaws in lady bridgerton as well yeah. right like i mean not flaws but like we saw she seems to be like the picture perfect like i want my children to marry for love but i want them to have a good match and i'm going to teach them everything that they know and i'm gonna right like everything's very supportive. They know? i'm gonna teach them everything i know so that they can know it as well bitch <laughs> and <laughs> So she seems really great, but when we get the flashback, which I also think was one of the more interesting pieces of season two, mm -hmm. um, to kind of like lay in place why things are the way they are, we see that she really went absent and Anthony bore the brunt of a lot of the family's turmoil. Right, when she was in her grief. Mm -hmm. Right. With the passing of his dad. And also another good curveball doesn't beat Lady and Lord Featherington, but just the way that Lord Bridgerton dies well it's i hated like, this this is my this is my biggest complaint of this whole thing is there why like, oh let's go to the past and then they do like fucking uh like vaseline lens it's the past which <laughs> it's just so cheap visually it's like so annoying to me but then vaseline they're like <laughs> oh like let's have a hunt uh hunting and you i'm i'm young look at my slightly frizzy hair and that's stuff i'm all fine with because i'm all yeah, on I team don't. like let's not work too hard to, to like de because i hate this sort of shitty I'm, okay CGI de depending de on how long ago it was i just feel like they should have used a different actor then but i hate like and then they're like and this is the dad and he looks like a brother except they put some gray in his hair i think he's yeah like, that the was same bad age. casting that was they should have casted him older he's like oh i just got because, stung uh, by a bee 
They and then he dies now. by a stupid beast. Uh, it was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I was fine I, with I, him dying to the beast thing. One, that's like one of my greatest fears. I've, I'm terrified right. of bees. And I like the fact that it was something so small that took down the big, the big man. And I think that that was Anthony's biggest opportunity to show that he can act. And like, I didn't hate it. Like his reaction it. when his dad it. died was like, I was scared. I was like physically, I was like, shit. That's upsetting. Because then they they just used it as like, oh, there's a bee later, and then he's like, no, the bee, the bee. Well, that was not so good. Yeah, that was like really. And then they get hot. They get hot from it. They get super hot from the grief bee. (laughs) The question that I had was that definitely was like, how did he, the the you know the Bridgerton father go like let's say 40 or 50 years without realizing that he was so allergic. That he was allergic and no one dies from gardeny... one. I don't think like maybe that was well, the reason why I had it sting him on the throat, but it's pretty rare to, to right. be so and, allergic to die. From and obviously one. if you know that know. you're, if you know you're allergic, then you shouldn't be like fucking around with these flower beds and things like that. So yeah. it was that, that raised some questions. Um, but so then this, that does, uh, so I would say that the one good, really good thing that it does set up is, like you said, it kind of gives you this context for why Anthony is the way he is. And I think there's like a really terrific scene in the final episode where uh, his mother apologizes for kind of um, mm-hmm. putting him in that position. And, and, and says it's worth that, it. Yeah. Which is all she ever had to say. They had a conversation earlier in the season where he was like, I would never want to cause that kind of grief. Like I saw how you hurt. I don't want to marry for love because... I don't want anyone to love me as so much that when I go, they hurt or that I hurt. Right. Like that is, there's nothing that's worth what we went through as a family. All she had to say then was it was worth it. I can tell you now sitting here that that love was worth it. It was okay. That's the price you pay for love, but it's worth it. And she didn't, which I found very, very frustrating because it again continues to lead us down this eight episode path right. of tension like we right. needed a turn at well the point. other right. part with that that i found weird was like when he was like oh like the sister's cool why didn't he just be like i don't know i'll date this like it, there's really yeah, no downside to just dating the sister right. as opposed to the other sister. but i think that the the rationale yeah. which i admit is sort of flimsy is essentially that the sister is widely understood to be sort of the more desirable from a societal standpoint because Edwina she, yeah Edwina is young I'm sorry well, Edwina she's is still a marrying sister. age she's not an old maid which is kind right of she's younger she's also the um the the daughter like the the, the biological daughter oh right Sheffield. the other one's uh right non-biological and I That's think right. I think yeah like sort of born out of wedlock I think or I'm not actually 100% I think sure. she's just adopted a female bastard okay. Yeah, I think her parents yeah. were married and then her mom died and then her died. dad okay. remarried. Right. Okay. Um, um, so I think that was the, that he just, you know, that he, he's, his whole thing is, this is not a love marriage. The whole, like, whether who, who I'm attracted to is completely irrelevant to this question is who is most, because like the whole right. first episode. Who's the diamond? I'm going to yeah. pick the diamond because I want to marry for duty. So I'm going to pick the best possible wife in training and compulsion and whatever else. Right. Yeah. And but yeah. My biggest issue with the whole like I don't want to be in love thing is that he was in love in season one. So yeah, I realized that he, he couldn't have married lesson. that person, but no, he got his lesson from his mom being in grief, is what this no, season's trying to tell. That's us. what this season's trying to, but then it's retconning its own thing because it's like he was a fucking idiot. Yes, last 
season. He was just a gad about. And then, like, he it was like, oh, well, now he realized he had to be responsible and be the man, like, because of that. But then this season, they were like, no, 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 forget all that. Like, there's this beasting, and then he's always been the responsible lord or yeah exactly it was it it, whatever however you want to categorize it it was contradictory like to me it didn't it didn't flow from season one to season two properly that's fair i i think that there's i mean i think particularly because the way the season is structured is that it's like oh everything you need to understand about who anthony is comes from that moment when his father died and so that sort of is very confusing with what happened in in the first season i think it makes sense to me that he would have this attitude of, I'm going to have my, you know, my period alliances where I sleep around and it doesn't mean anything. And then at a certain point, but it point, did mean something. Right. That's the Which thing. Is, I mean, he loved her last season. Right. Which I think yeah. part of that is why he goes into this season of like, oh, okay, well, that period, of, I'm closing the book on that period of my life. Now I am like taking on my duty as like the head of the family. Right. Yeah. It just like, it's not clean. Right. Sure. Like it's not clean motive no. and that bothers me. Yeah. But can we talk about Eloise a little bit more? Uh yeah. Can we can we maybe we should finish up with Anthony Let's and Kate? Let's finish first with and Anthony then, and Kate. Okay. And then we can talk about Eloise. Um so and I would just was say like, that, I'm gonna propose. And she's like, to me, and no, no to the other one. No, you that didn't was great. do that. No, that's you don't happened. know how it ends, do you? I know, but then later Right. They have a wedding, but then he doesn't marry. I don't know. He says I no. I fell asleep this. during right. that episode. If that oh, was the show, how I this love season that episode. Was. Yeah. So I, I would say first of all, like I, I think that this season, even for me as someone who really loved it, like the first couple episodes are pretty slow and kind of you're just like, I know where this is going. Why is it like taking so fucking long, even for them to like have that initial spark of attraction? And then I think where it really starts to get good for me is that then you do start having moments between them, and they're in episode four um anthony and kate um at this point he's there's like a lot of pressure of like okay you've been courting edwina you better actually propose um and get kate's blessing and so edwina is convinced that the only reason anthony hasn't proposed yet is because he and kate don't like each other and and so he's she's trying to get them to spend more time together which again is like sort of absurd but is like classic kind of i think romance plotting um and then at one point sort of was like, no, 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 you must dance together. You must dance together. And then they do this dance to dancing on my own, like a classical cover of dancing on my own. And I just think it's like, that is like my it, favorite scene in Bridgerton. I just love it so much and, and I think it's amazing. I thought it was really good too. I think it's like the sexiest dance that exists in Bridgerton and randomly it was the one that they did together, right? Like the rest of them are like, <laughs> you know, like 20 <laughs> feet apart and stuff right. and like bowing and curtsying. Right. And this one's like, let's put our bellies together and grind. Right. I think, I mean, then the only thing that compares to it is, uh, so then there, yeah. So, but, and then there's like this exchange that they have where she's like, says like, I'm like, what I want doesn't matter. And he just sort of like whispers to her, I do not think that is true. And you're just mm. like, oh my God. Um, and then there's, so there's the whole wedding scene. Anthony, you're so great. into it. I know. I loved it. I loved it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a total like chump for this you're stuff. You're a diehard uh, Anthony Kate fan. I yeah. love it. Um, so then there's a wedding where basically Edwina figures out um, from the way that, that uh, Anthony and, and uh, Kate behave with each other, that they're into each other. And then she's like, I have too much like self-respect for this. Like I'm going to call off the wedding. 
there is actually like a pretty big scandal about it. And, and they're sort of ostracized from society for that. And for other reasons we'll get into when we get into Eloise. Um, and then they sort of come back together in the final episode. Uh, and there's this, another great dancing in my opinion. It is where, a good one. This one was my favorite. Yeah. And, and they, uh, and the idea is basically that Kate is going to leave. Um, and so it's like their final dance together. Um, the whole, everyone else, because they are, you know, ostracized. And now it's like even worse because not, it's not the two people who broke up, but it's the guy and, and her sister for some reason, everyone else gets off the dance floor and she asks yeah, him, like, like, do you want this? Right. She says, do you want to stop? And he says, just look at me. No one else matters. And it is Bad. amazing. So no, stupid. what's so even good. better is the queen then the queen is like, involved. they look lovely together. Why isn't it? Don't you agree? And everyone's quiet. And she's like, don't you agree? And they and were like, they oh, yes, agree. totally. She's they the look queen. lovely. And she's like, right. if so, then why is no one else dancing? And she like essentially in three sentences ends their their Ostracism. banishment. Yeah. Right. From society and also gives them the OK, which like her the queen's whole story in this, too, is like somewhat interesting and in that she's like for the diamond and Anthony, but then over the course of the wedding episode kind of also understands what's going on. She's, she's a fan of love and drama. So like, this is right up her alley. It would make sense right. that she would side with Kate and Anthony. Well, she, and also gives her ammo against lady Whistledown, And that's her other, um, is that she's mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know, I meant for all this, this is all exactly what I wanted. So it's all good as opposed to like, Oh, this was a failed wedding on my part. Oh, that's another piece that she says while they're dancing. She's like, they broke up because I decided that they should. I didn't, it wasn't the right match. So I told them to not do the wedding. That was my call, not theirs. Oh, that saves so them. So then the whole town is like, oh. The well, ton. The ton. Is some like, people call it the town so. in this show and some people call I it agree. the town. I agree. That annoys me. Well, because well, like, well, it's two it different things. No, because there is the town because there's a town and country thing of like, are we in our townhouse in London or our country house? But then there's the, the ton, which is society, or I guess it's like Le Bon Ton. Whatever, Anthony. You're just like Anthony. I know. I will say that after watching this season, this is the first time I would be okay with people calling me Anthony instead of Anthony. Yeah, you're before into I would it just correct you're them. You're so I'm into, into it. it. I'm so yeah, shocked. I love it. Okay. 100%. Uh, let's so talk anyways, about they end up together. Well, no, then oh, Kate ahead. and Anthony get married. And yes. the final scene is them after having been married. And they have a baby yet? They have a baby. Mm, no, or they're they working don't. on making a baby. They're working on the baby thing. And they're playing with the family. And it's great. And everybody's happy. It's great. Although it's also, I feel like this was the same in season one, is that there's always this sort of, there's like this jump one year ahead to seeing the happy couple together. And I'm always like, eh, whatever, fine. I mean, I, I yeah, know that. We don't fine. need to see them. No, I like it. It's good. In a show like this where everything is so, like, overblown and hyperbolic, it feels right to, if you're going to end on a high note, end on a high note, like the high C, you know? Right. Why not? Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, okay, so now we're going to talk about Eloise. Okay. So... Eloise has a pretty boring beginning of the season. You think she might be the diamond because for whatever reason, the queen takes a liking to her. But then it's Edwina and she kind of fades and she just hates the idea that she's being debuted or whatever, entering society. And then things spice up a little bit because she decides she's on the hunt for Lady Whistledown, not because she wants to figure out who she is, but because she doesn't think she writes about feminist ideas, ideas right. enough. 
and she goes to the print shop and the print shop boy is like, you want to read some real stuff? Like I got some stuff. And she starts going to like the dangerous part of town and like the lower class part of town and was she reading engaging smut? with radicals? No, it's not oh, smut. Oh. It's just like, you know, it's like, oh, women could vote and women could, you know, run right. businesses and like, you know, stuff that isn't normal then or now. Um, and <laughs> there's a little chat there. Um, <laughs> but she ends up forming this friendship with this guy. Meanwhile, Penelope is like, stop looking for Lady Whistledown because Penelope is Lady Whistledown and she like doesn't like this. Yeah. And then the only way that Penelope can figure out how to save. So in, in Eloise going to the print shop, the queen scouts that and believes that Eloise is Lady Whistledown. Right. And she and confronts her about it. And Eloise she already says, suspected Eloise of being Lady Whistledown. Well, she season. asked Eloise to look for her last oh, season. Right, 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 and Eloise right. couldn't do it. So I think that that added to the suspicion now that she's seen her at the print shop. She's like, it must be her. Of course she couldn't find her. She was her all along. And the only way Penelope can figure out how to save Eloise is to publish that she's been going to this part of town and engaging with young men unchaperoned who weren't in her level of society and with radicals and anti-government, whatever, which ruins Eloise's chances at anything this season and hurts the family and contributes to the ostracism from Kate and Anthony. But Eloise really likes this boy. That's that's really the thing that's exciting to me because so far we've done right, two high boy. society matches, right? right? And Eloise is really into this guy who like shares her ideology, essentially, right? That like people are equal and people are people and they have their merits based on their merits, not, you know, how much money they have or if they were born a man or a woman or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's into him and they have like a really good little thing going at the by the end of the season. And I just want to see that because that is a scandal of the tongue. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm curious if that'll work out because um, the season ends with them sort of separated because um, she basically says like this, this, you know, this could never work. I have to. I don't want to hurt you. you. I don't well, like I don't you. want you to get hurt because no one's going to come after me over this. They will come after you. Right. Right. Or they, they already I mean, in a way, they kind of already have. And then like but that she, you know, is to a certain extent protect, like she can be ruined in society, but she's still going to be OK in a certain level mm -hmm. whereas he like it could be way way worse for him yeah and i still don't they, i wish they would have properly painted the picture of what that means exactly because right. like are police gonna come in and like put him in jail or something like what right what it's does a that mean confusing. exactly because actually from what we've seen you can make an argument that it'd be worse for eloise because she could be right. ostracized from society and whereas, like, like for him it's just like yeah, yeah I just we, keep we going know you go life. to these rallies we know you like right. what's we know you're a radical already. We don't yeah. care about you. You're not. Important. But what about the tweet that was like, "Make Eloise a lesbian, you cowards." Is that's that definitely cool one too. of the ways I thought it was going. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think that that's. You know, my gaydar is pretty good. I just don't think Eloise is actually very gay. Mm. Like Benedict, on the other hand, is like clearly bi. Well, we right. know that because he hooked up he, with a dude, but like yeah. he was clearly bi from the beginning. I yeah, feel like. yeah, right. Eloise yeah. just doesn't give me those vibes at all. Okay. 
Um, the other thing with that this happens... random Twitter user who I forget who it was. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> random Twitter. I mean, I'm not the authority, but I just don't get the vibe. No, we so. get to decide what happens in prison. Yeah, so yeah, it's not happening. True. Sorry, Shonda, you're listening. Elvis <laughs> can't be gay. That's how she does. You haven't the built the development. You haven't developed the character enough to be gay. Sorry. Yeah. So um, the other thing that happens with Eloise, which this is how it intersects with Penelope's story, is the fact that um, then Eloise actually discovers that Penelope is is Lady Whistledown, and they have like a and that she's the one who wrote that about her. Uh, Wrote about her family, and yeah, pretty big fight. And it's actually, yeah, I thought that was done really well. Where like. I, I guess to me, the obvious comparison point is Gossip Girl because like Lady Whistledown is kind of the Gossip Girl of the, right. the uh-huh. ton. And in that show, um, which I stopped watching for many years, but like watched the dumb finale, uh, like it's revealed that like Dan is Gossip Girl. Sorry, spoilers for 10 year old mm-hmm. show. Um, and, but like, it doesn't make any sense because like nothing in the show has like set up the idea that he could, like, it's not like, pri- like there are things where like- it makes phys- no sense. Physically, there's no way you can know. And also everyone- no one cares. Everyone's just like, oh, that's funny. As it was like, he's ruined every character's life at one point on the show and they're all cool with it. So here, like, it's much more just like, oh, right. Like she'd be really fucking pissed off if you found out. You wouldn't just be like, oh, that's cool. Now I know you, I mean, this is an obvious point, but like it's done so much more believably here. And yeah. then there's some salt in the wound after that because after getting bitched out by Eloise, Penelope goes downstairs and is like crying and upset. And she finds Colin talking to a group of people, or maybe it's before, I don't know, but it's in that same episode. She finds Colin talking to a group of other guys who are like, you and Penelope were dancing. Like you're going to start courting Miss Featherington. And he was like, there's not a world in which I would ever court Penelope. Like, and she overhears it, him essentially saying like, nah, not for Whoa. Me. <laughs> Whoa. You're such an ass. Eventually, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I hate this show. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I I yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's dumb. I'm not gonna defend it as 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 not dumb. And I think also, even though I'm so this is one of the differences between the book and the show, is that I think in the book they're just all white Jane Austen characters. In the show, they've decided to sort of do a much more diverse cast. I think one of the challenges of that is that the way they, I think the, are, you could argue that the way they should have done it is just, it's a diverse cast and you just never mention race here. They sort of mention it, but in these ways that are sort yeah. of confusing um, right. that in the first season, they're like, Oh, the queen is, is I, uh, I think black, certainly a, a woman of color. Um, like she mm-hmm. became the queen and that immediately established equality. In yes, England. they like, did. I don't they, but think... in fiction, they established it. Right? They went. They did something. <laughs> right, but, yeah. and you're like, I don't think that's how. I mean, I think it would help, but I don't think that's how racism works. Um, right, right. Just immediately go away, and then I think in this season, bringing in like Indian characters, there's a real risk of like there's this incredible uh, colonialism ugly history is like of colonialism. Yeah, like, and they just so don't talk layers. about it or acknowledge it, and. Then they're like, oh, I'll, I'll be going back. Um, to be a governess. Like, yeah, and, they're, right. and it's just like, what? Like, you're not going to talk about it at all? Or like what the and relationship is or anything? I, yeah, I mean, I think that basically your ability to enjoy this season will certainly hinge on your whether or not you can let go of that. Like, I was, but I could understand why people were like, no, like, that's insane. Like, how yeah. can you not talk about that at all? 
But to be clear, that's not why I didn't like it. It's totally unrelated to it. I honestly (laughs) think that's the right choice, though, for the show. Like, dabble in that as little as possible because they're already like. The less you breezy. It's a breezy show, and it's going to be very hard. It's supposed to be breezy. It's supposed to be fun. It's never supposed to make you feel too much of anything, except for maybe like giddiness or like heartstring romance bullshit. The same way like a rom com should. And once you like open the can the worms come right. out so might as well not i mean i think it did exactly what it was supposed to do i don't think it was the best season of bridgerton of the two that exists and i don't think when we get more it'll be considered the best it might even be considered one of the worst in my opinion i know you disagree anthony sure. anthony but <laughs> um you know i think that it did what it was supposed to do like it delivered on a shonda rhyme season of bridgerton and that's mm-hmm. cool for me yeah, I think the problem is the world. The problem is not Bridgerton, but I also can understand why some people that would be a, a no go. Any final thoughts? No, I mean, you know, don't watch it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think watch it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's a good watch. Can watch it. It's fine. I'll I'll probably even watch the rest of it because I I do want to give it another shot based on like how I had a lot of fun with the first season. So I don't want to just throw it all out. It is yeah. a slow burn, so if you don't like the first and second episode, I think it's worth at least powering through to episode four. If you don't like the well, wedding. Well, that's what I thought after last week when I was like, I'm having a lot of trouble with this, and you're like, keep at it, and then I did two more, and I was like, I can't. This is too, this is bad, but I think it turns around after this, maybe. So. Like, if you get through episode five, I would say, and you're mm-hmm. like, then you shouldn't watch six, seven, and eight. Okay. But if you get through episode five and you're drawn in, then... Right. Although then there's such a sunk cost at this point, you're probably just like, oh, what the yeah, hell? You gotta <laughs> like, <finish it>. yeah. <laughs> just yeah, get that's... far enough that you're not willing to turn around because it just feels like a waste of time. That's that Apple yeah. TV plus marketing right there with the most. They're like, go to see, go to episode five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we promise. If you don't like yeah. it, yeah. You know what the best thing about Apple TV with another tangent is that Ted Lasso is now the shittiest thing on Apple TV. Doesn't and start with an S. That's the problem right there. Yeah, but and nobody even talks about shows. it anymore, which is great. So well, I'm they glad. will when season three comes they out. Will. Yeah, that's yeah. Sure. can't stop it's it. People uh, love it. I don't anyways. love it. If that helps, Daryl, I stand yeah. with you. Yeah, go watch better shows like The Ultimatum, Marry or, or Move C, On, on or Servant, or C, or Severance, or, or the Slow new- Horses. There's a show on Netflix called Kotaro Lives Alone that I highly recommend, which is about a six-year-old boy who moves into an apartment alone. And it's an anime. It's very good. Okay. All right. Well, if you have thoughts about any of the shows on Apple TV Plus or Bridgerton Season 2, shoot us an email, info at originalcontentpodcast.com. Or anything, really. Yeah, just share your thoughts. Any on thoughts you have. Except for the Oscars. We don't, we're, we're moved on from Yeah, that. we don't. We're anti-Oscars. Info. Info at OriginalContentPodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at OriginalContent. And we always appreciate it when you subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl and Jordan, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.